Hello, and welcome back to the Teach for the Heart podcast. I'm your host, Linda Cardamus, and we're here to give you the ideas and inspiration you need to overcome your teaching challenges and make a lasting difference in your students' hearts and lives. Today, I'm going to be joined by Elizabeth Chapman of Teaching Sam and Scout. Elizabeth was here on the podcast back in June in the episode about how to escape the crazy and fight for balance. And she shared with us a little bit about her crazy year and why she decided to join the 40-hour teacher work week club. Elizabeth is a mother of two youngsters that are similar ages to my own, and she teaches high school English with a hundred or more students each year. So to say she has her plate full is by no means an overstatement. So we're so glad to have her back with us today to share a little bit about her experience and also to give you an idea of what it would actually be like if you choose to join the 40-Hour Teacher Workweek Club, as well as specific tips you can try right now whether or not you're able to join. This episode is a little longer than a typical episode, but I believe it will totally be worth your time. And I hope you enjoy this special episode with Elizabeth Chapman. All right, let's get right into it. Hi, Elizabeth. Thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. This is fun. Yes, we're so glad to have you. And um, we were talking how you, about six months ago, came on the podcast. You shared some of your challenges that you've had being a mom and a teacher and with English and papers to grade and everything, and how you um, decided to join Angela Watson's 40-Hour Teacher Workweek Club. And we're so glad to have you back to kind of give us a report and an update and share some of the things you've learned. Yeah, thanks. I'm hoping that the tone of this will be a little more encouraging. I was pretty swamped and discouraged the last time we chatted. Yeah, I remember. It was just it was the end of the year and and things were crazy. And I think you gave us an analogy of of laundry. Can you share that again for those that don't remember? Uh, it's pretty um hilarious how perfectly it fits, but I was I said in that post how, you know, when I'm a pretty organized type A person to begin with, and in my home, I have systems for doing laundry. You know, I bring the laundry down from upstairs and I sort it into different piles based on who it belongs to or what color it is or whatever. Um, And then I do a small load, you know, every day or every couple of days. And then it goes through the cycle and I put it away and everything works really well. But inevitably, Um, certain times I don't follow my systems or I, you know, don't sort the piles appropriately. And I find myself standing in the basement, just, you know, overwhelmed with piles and piles of laundry. um, It's like the worst feeling. You don't know how you're ever going to start. And then sometimes, you know, maybe I'm, I start, but because I'm moving so quickly, I ruin a load because I let a red sock sneak in with a bunch of whites or, you know, um, you may, maybe you've never experienced this, but sometimes I'll put too much in my washing machine and the washer literally sounds like it's going to fall through the floor. Um, and I just felt like that was my last year. Every, um, it was just a bad cycle after a bad cycle, you know, something was getting ruined or I was just going crazy and felt like I was going to explode or I was overwhelmed with piles and I couldn't catch up enough to break that cycle. And it was really, I, I've had other hard years certainly, and there's always seasons of that, but last year in particular was really exhausting. Um, so I, you asked me to share a little bit about my experience and I, shared on your blog some, and I just said, I feel like now I still occasionally have a bad 
load or a bad cycle. In fact, right now I've got a leaky sump pump and, um, you know, things go wrong, but I really do feel like I have some better tools thanks to the 40 hour work week club, um, to where I don't get nearly as worked up by one bad cycle or one bad, you know, week or couple of days. And I know how better to dig myself out of that spot, which has been really, really great. That's awesome to hear. And we're going to get into some of the nitty gritty of exactly what that looks like and what that means. But I want to tell everyone, if you want to check out, Elizabeth wrote an extensive, uh, you know, we're going to talk about it here on the podcast, but she wrote a bunch of helpful things for us. And there's some pictures and links and everything. And you can get all those at teachfortheheart.com slash stop for stopping the overwhelm. So, um, but we're going to get into going. I just couldn't stop. I've learned so much and I, I shared a lot in that post. So I know we'll get to talk about a lot of it today. Yeah. It's really an awesome post. You definitely want to check that out. So, okay. So you joined the 40 hour teacher work week club back in, let's see the beginning of July. Was it? Yes. Okay. And you were and the biggest difference you said was that now you have the tools you need to stop the crazy before it gets completely out of control. That's awesome. So, okay, let's get into some of the details then. You know, how exactly um, is this helping? Like, let's go back to the beginning. Like, what happened when you first joined? Yeah. Um, So the club launched in July, which um, I was really excited about. I kind of had some lofty goals for myself to spend my summer getting back on track. But I was kind of hit with reality right away because the truth was I came out of last school year so tired and frankly really burned out um, that I needed a good stretch of time there at the beginning of the summer to just kind of let myself decompress and rest. And I knew um, that that was really important for me too. Mm-hmm. So when the club first launched in July, I um, really did not get started right away. Um, I kind of looked at some of the emails and checked out the website a little bit, but it wasn't until a couple weeks before I went back to school. So, you know, early August that I really started digging in. And it actually, because I had more time then, I hadn't started working yet. Um, it was pretty easy to catch up with July and August. And I loved that Angela has set it up. It's really been cool for me to see how um, intentional she is about the timing of the materials that she releases. And so the July and August materials were perfect for not only getting myself physically organized um, for starting the school year and preparing that way, but also just for getting my head in the right place and feeling more energized and more hopeful that I really can do this. And um, it's probably worth saying here that I really love teaching and I feel really passionately called to teaching as I do motherhood. And both of those roles, um, I really want to do a good job in. And one of the things I was excited about and that I saw immediately with the 40 hour work week was that she wasn't asking me to cut corners or not do a good job at either of those things. Um, but she really wanted to give me the resources and some ideas to actually be better at both of those things and be more intentional about sorting my loads, if you will, you know, keeping my home and my family time for my family and keeping my school stuff being productive and intentional when I'm there. So I'm kind of getting off track, but 
I especially liked at the very beginning, she has some bonus lists and materials. And the one that I found the most helpful, and I just felt like it set the precedence for the entire school year, was at the very beginning, she has the big five tips for teacher productivity. And it's just this great overview of prioritizing the main things and avoiding unproductive multitasking and batching like tasks and just some things that maybe I had thought about or heard about before, but that really helped me go into the year already um, with kind of a game plan for what I was going to do. Yeah, that's awesome. That Those big five tips, we've talked about them actually on a previous episode of the podcast, um, but they're, they're so helpful. It's just the, the way to take those and just just incorporating those. And I love how though, tell me if I'm wrong about this, you you get that right away, right? So you get these yeah. big five, you can jump into that. But then yeah. throughout each month, it's kind of learning, okay, how does this apply to homework? How does this apply to grading? How does this apply to all these different areas? Am I understanding? That's right, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. Okay. So um, I loved the big five and I still use that particular PDF. I've printed it out and, you know, if I fall behind a couple of weeks or I get in a place where I'm overwhelmed, um, it's good to go back and look over those big five. But then you're exactly right. Like she gives us upfront access to the 40 hour list making system and I'm a big fan of lists. And so I immediately started using that. But then my October, the, the whole month of October was devoted to really using that system effectively and making the most of it. And so even though I'd already been using it, I was able to really improve and use it even more efficiently um, after that. That's great. Let's take a second and talk about these lists. And then we're going to, guys, throughout this episode, we're going to give you some practical tips that are just things that Elizabeth figured out as a result of being in the club that she has recommendations for you. So let's finish talking about the list making system, and then we'll kind of go back and hit a couple of those tips. Sure. One of the things that I actually did was I liked that it was editable. So I edited and made a top priorities category at the very beginning, which kind of lines up with um, what Angela calls the main thing. So I make myself each day write out my top priorities. And if you heard me talk back in June, one of the things that I kind of vowed to do better this year was to give myself grace. Mm -hmm. And one way that this club is helping me do that is that it helps me prioritize and figure out what my main thing or my top priorities are. And if I get those done or several of those done, um, then I feel like it's a good day, even if I didn't get to everything on my list. Um, so I use that. I use the prior, the top priorities. And then there's a section for at school where I write down, you know, if I have a meeting or if I have certain things that are going on at school, especially if they're time sensitive, I put them there. There's an after school section um, where I might make notes of things that I need to do for school at home or just things on my schedule with my kids or whatever after school. And then at home, same things that need to be done around my house or um, for school the next day. But one of the things that I really appreciated is I mentioned I've always been a list maker and I've always really liked using lists, but I have all these lists in lots of different places. So I keep this giant to-do list on the computer for school and I'm always adding stuff to it and it literally never, things never get crossed off. You know I mean? They, they do, but then something else always takes their place. Um, and then I have a paper planner where I'm taking, I'm writing down all the things I need to do at home and I use Google keep and whatever. And so Angela's system really helped me take this one piece of paper 
And each morning I start with a blank column. And when I get to work, my schedule has me get to work about 30 minutes before my students get there. It's actually really therapeutic for me. It really helps me focus and kind of make the transition from home to work to sit down and look at all those lists at one time and write in the things. I actually, because I'm a dork, I write the things in pen that are like time stamped. You know, I have to be at this at this time. And then I write in pencil my main priorities and the things that I'd like to accomplish um, throughout the day. And it's just been really good for me. And I love that I get to start each day with a blank column, you know? Yes. And I, I've i also experimented with all kinds of different lists, right? I mean, there's so many different ways that you can manage your time. And I, we've all had that mile-long to-do list that's just like, this, this is never – you can't even make a dent into it, right? right? So this system, I've used it as well where you pick things that are your main priority for the day and you try to do those first. And when you do that, it's amazing how much better you feel because if that one thing is done, everything else is – it's that huge relief and you feel like everything else is just a bonus. So that's one, our first try it now tip is to – pick those three things that are your top priority for each day. So share a little bit about that, Elizabeth. Yeah. Well, actually, I've, I, it's been fairly easy to come up with my top priorities because anybody that's a teacher knows, you know, you know what needs to be done for the next day at school um, or what is really pressing. So I just look at my schedule I try, or look at my big to-do list and try to come up with what are the three or four things that I really, really need to do. I try to aim for just three. But what has been the coolest for me, and I didn't realize until I started doing um, going through these materials, is how true it is that my energy level and my motivation is so much higher at the beginning of the day. Um, and so that's the big thing is that I put those on my list as my top priorities, but then my goal is to get them crossed off first before I do anything else. And, you know, there are tasks that I like to do. Like, um, I actually really love lesson planning, but there are tasks that I really hate to do like grading. And Angela says, if you're having a hard time trying to figure out what you're you know, top priority or what the main thing is, it's probably the thing that you dread the most a lot of times. And if we could just knock that out, then we're free to get so much more done throughout the rest of the day. So that's made a big difference for me, just doing the hardest thing first. Right. And so if you save things like checking email or, you know, those easy things for the end of the day, those are easier to, you know, knock off at the end of the day when you don't have as much energy and you're just trying to, you know, you're just, you, it's, whereas if you had a big difficult thing at the end of the day, you probably wouldn't be able to focus enough to get it done. And we've all been there. Exactly. And actually in October, when she goes through the list making system more, she talks about procrastination. And one of the ways to overcome procrastination is to reward yourself. And so I try to make even my rewards kind of productive. So like one of my rewards might be planning an activity that I know I'm going to have fun planning, or it might be like, I'm going to give myself 10 minutes to go talk to a colleague about something we might collaborate on. So I'm still being productive, but in a way that's a little bit more fun and it rewards me for doing the things that maybe I, I don't find as fun first. Love that. Okay. Let's give it a couple more of these try it now tips and then we'll jump into the actual monthly content. So let's see. Um, another one you talked about was setting aside one afternoon a week to like chunk, you know, chunk that so you can knock out a bunch of grading. Share a little bit about what you're doing with that. Yeah, well, I've mentioned already that I really dislike grading. So this may not be a struggle for everyone, but I've tried a lot of different methods for grading. Um, I have 
tried the idea where you like put your papers in piles of five and then you grade five and then do something else. And what I found and what Angela talks about a lot in her materials is that that actually doesn't work that well because once you get kind of in the groove of grading, you're actually able to get a lot more done and get it done a lot faster. But sometimes it takes me three or four papers or 30 minutes or so before I'm in the groove and I'm flowing and actually knocking stuff out. And so um, what she recommends is that you try to batch those kind of tasks into a longer time frame. So instead of saying, okay, well, every day I'm going to spend 30 minutes grading, well, that's great, but I'm, I'm not maybe going to finish a whole set of research papers in 30 minutes. And so at the end of that time, I'm not going to feel very productive. Um, and so instead she recommends choosing a spot, a time where you might have longer and, um, just trying to knock it out in one big, long stretch. So I recommended, you know, if you can stay after just one day a week, um, instead of saying, you know, before I had kids, I might stay at work until five o'clock every day, but that is not reasonable anymore. But I can ask my mother-in-law to watch my kids and I can stay after until five o'clock on Mondays and then know that Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I'm going to get to be at home at a normal time. Um, and that for me has been really helpful. It's made the rest of my week. Again, it's kind of that same concept of start the week with the hardest stuff and set yourself up for it getting easier as you progress towards Friday and you're tired and everybody's losing motivation. Yes. And that's great too, because, you know, when that stack of paper is, is growing during the week, you know, you know, come Monday, I'll be able to catch up on this and you have a time designated and it's ready to go. Hey, you gave a tip in your blog post about what do you do if you're a mom and, yeah. uh, you know, you can't do that. Yeah. And I have 100% done this. Um, I said, you know, I'm all about showing yourself grace and, um, I'm really passionate about my kids knowing how much I love my work and how purposeful it is. And so, um, if you have kids and like I said, I've done this myself and you're not able to get childcare for them, or you need to leave right when the bell rings to get home and be with them, Practice the same thing, but make that one day a week. This is going to be movie afternoon, or this is the week that you're going to play, or the day of the week that you're going to play independently. And we're going to set a timer for two hours, and you're going to do your thing, and mom's going to do her thing. And let them see you grade your papers. You know, let them see that you're doing work for school. Um, and I think that's okay. I think it's good for them to see that you are prioritizing them four days a week and that for these two hours, you're going to um, just knock out some work so that you can be more present later. So I, um, I said in my blog post, like, consider this your permission. That's not a bad mom. That's a good mom. That's teaching your kids how to recognize that perfect balance isn't, doesn't always exist, but we can, you know, spend a tiny bit of time on one day to make ourselves a lot more present later in the week. And honestly, your kids are probably going to love it if you say, here's some popcorn, watch a movie on Monday afternoons, you know? Yep, absolutely. And if you don't think two hours would work with your kids, start with something smaller and build up. You'll be amazed if something's part of the routine. Uh, they might, you might really not work out well the first couple times, but if you keep working with them, kids can really get into a routine and they, you might be surprised how well they can do on their own if it's something you do every week. 
Yeah. And this is funny. I'm just, this isn't in the blog post, but, um, my son is six and he loves, like he's fit. He, I've taught him that, you know, a 90 to a hundred is an A and an 80 to an 89 is a B. So he loves to have a colored pen and he'll put the letter grade on an assignment. I love you know, that. he puts the letter and it's so fun for him. And my students just love his little handwriting with their A's and B's and whatnot. Um, you know, sometimes you can even include them. And the other alternative to that, especially if you have really little kids who that's not feasible for or who are not going to sit and watch a movie, is just the same, you know, maybe one night a week after you put them to bed at eight, you spend two hours working. Um, and then later in the week, you spend those two hours doing things you need to do at home or spending time with your husband or whatever. But just setting aside a longer stretch to knock some stuff out. Right. So our point in saying all of this, once again, so we don't lose the, you know, miss the forest for the trees, is that the goal is to, number one, be intentional with your time. So that instead of just working, you know, all over the place, everyone's on the same page. They know when you're doing this. And two, to put it in a block so that you get in a groove and end up spending much less time on this task than you would if you spread it out over the course of the week. Yeah. Great. Okay. Now let's give one more tip and then we're going to get into the actual club content. So another one we said, we were talking about our lists and I love, I love doing this too. I've fallen out of this habit, but you inspired me to get back into it. And that is don't leave anything on your list at the end of the day. Okay. How is that possible? Okay. So at the end of every day, I am either it's checked off because I accomplished it. Yay. Or um, it is crossed off and I'm such a dork. I actually draw like a line through it. And then at the end of the line, I put a little arrow. I'm making hand motions, which you can't see, but the arrow indicates I'm moving this to another day. And so I cross it off and then I would write it on for the next day or maybe later on in the week. But when I look at, as we record this, it's on a Wednesday. So when I look at Tuesday's column, everything is crossed off and things have been moved. That way I'm not looking at Tuesday already feeling guilty and anxious and behind. Um, I'm just looking at Wednesday and what I need to accomplish today. And we can't cannot underestimate the value of that mental focus. Like you might think, what does that matter? Like, oh, great. I'll, you know, I'll feel a little better, but I didn't actually get anything done. But it, it really does. The we So much of managing quote unquote time is actually at managing our focus. <laughs> and if when we sit down the next day, we know exactly what we're supposed to do. That saves time and that makes us get more done more quickly. So I love and that tip. Not to keep harping on my laundry thing, but it's the exact same feeling of when you go to the laundry room and the laundry is just overflowing versus when it's just in nice, neat little piles that you know exactly this goes in the wash and then in the dryer. Um, that is so much easier and more manageable than when it's all just thrown everywhere. Awesome. All right. So let's get into the actual content. So let's say, okay, you're a member of the club. What happens? So if people join, which by the way, you can get all the information about how to join and what all is in the club at teachfortheheart.com slash 40 hour teacher. We'll give you that link again at the end. But okay. So the actual content of the club, what happens on, what comes in that Saturday email that you get every week? Okay. So on Saturdays, it's a really casual email. It comes like clockwork. Um, Angela sends it first thing on Saturday mornings. To be honest, I usually look at it um, just in my email, but I don't dig into the materials until later on, maybe Sunday evening or Monday when I'm at work. Um, but in the email, she gives kind of a couple of sentence overview of what you're going to be addressing that week. And then she links to three places. She provides for every single week an awesome PDF 
that honestly, they're like 10 to 20 pages of great materials and content to help you um, with whatever the topic is that week. And then she also includes an audio. So if you, which I find really helpful, um, you know, if I am going to be doing laundry on Saturday, I can just listen to the audio instead of having to go through the PDF. And then um, she also has a link to all of the printables and the resources that you would need to actually be able to implement everything that you are going to be reading about in the materials for that week. And I love that. And just to be clear, you don't do all of that. You get to pick what works for you. So you can read everything if you want. You can just skim the introduction and say, I'm going to file this for later. Or you can listen to the audio, right? So you get to pick. It's not like you have to do everything. Yeah. And just to be um, even on a bigger scale. So that comes every single Saturday. But every month has its own focus. So there are four weeks in the month that she gives new materials and all of that that I just mentioned. But the month, she actually provides a blueprint for. And what I have loved so much is that on that blueprint, she says, if you only do one thing this month, and she tells you kind of the most important thing, um, and she gives you sort of a checklist for you're on the right track if you're doing this, 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 and this. So I have found it, as much as I would love to go through everything every Saturday, I just can't. So I really focus on that if you only do one thing this month. And then I usually pick like one week. So one topic from the month that really, really applies to maybe something I'm dealing with right now or that I know is an issue for me. And then I'll print that out and I'll really, really dig into that. And sometimes I'll go to a couple of other weeks and pull some little things here and there. But that seems to be a really good working thing for me right now to just focus on maybe one lesson um, from each month. So let me ask you this. This is why I wanted you to come back and share, you know, you have little kids, you teach English, you got tons of grading. This is realistic. So realistically, you're saying, I I don't do everything in the club. I find, you know, I I take these pieces. I'm selective in what I choose. Is that that enough? Is that helping? It is. It is making a big difference. I want to say, and I don't, maybe this is could come later in the discussion, but I think what's really important, and it took me a little while to figure this out, but I gave up on thinking I am going to do the 40-hour work week club this school year um, as, it's, as if it's something that I'm going to work through like a class and then graduate from and know everything and be done. Um, and instead, I really, I mean, Angela has packed this thing with resources. She has thought of everything. And I I don't want to miss any of the stuff she's given me, but I also know realistically, I don't have the hours to give to it. So um, I print out that blueprint. And like I said, I usually pick one week or so that I'm going to really focus on. And that has helped me tremendously. And I've shared some of the tips and things that I've taken from those particular lessons. But I also have starred things and thought, I am going to come back to this this summer when I have more time, or I'm going to dig into this over winter break. Um, I almost feel like this year that I'm in the class is like, this is an analogy that I'm coming up with off the top of my head, but like the student teaching year where you're just like getting all this information and you're taking it in as you can and sort of experiencing and trying things. But I feel like even next school year is when I'm going to be able to apply even more um, because I just can't do it all right away. Yes. That makes sense. Yes. And I love how the way the club se- club is set up, it works perfectly to do it that way. And I'll even let all of you in on a secret <laughs> that when you graduate from the 40-hour teacher workweek club, 
uh, Angela offers another year for a way reduced rate where she'll basically give you updated tips and kind of basically do what you said, like help you walk through it again and take yeah. it to the next level. So it's absolutely yeah, I awesome. I think I will go through a lot, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, it may be worth mentioning too, because I know as we record this, a cohort's about to start in January. And I don't know that I would have a preference either way. I think I would have thought that I would prefer a summer start. But now that I've done it a little bit, I actually think a January start is awesome because you'd get all this great information that you can start trying, you can start processing. Then you have the summer to really go through it and dig into it deeper. And then you're only like halfway through or so when you start the school year next year. Um, So I think that the January start is a really great kind of set up as well. Yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of that. So often we think, you know, I'm going to just start over with the new school year. But I'm also a big fan because I've experienced this myself in trying new things the second half of the year and then regrouping over the summer and like hitting it full force. I think that's magic. So I, yep. I love that tip. Okay, we are going to get into some more, even more details, but this podcast episode is already getting longer than normal. So I want to kind of pause here and give you guys, if you've had enough and you want you want to find out more about the 40-Hour Teacher Work Week, you can head to teachfortheheart.com slash 40-Hour-Teacher. And there's the link where you can join and get all the info. There are, depending on when you listen to this, there's an open enrollment period uh, right at the, be- at the end of December, beginning of January, and then probably not again, until end of June, beginning of July. But that link, teachfortheheart.com slash 40hourteacher, will get you info. Head over there. Uh, you can see when the next sign-up period is. But if you're listening to this uh, end, of, end of December, beginning of January, now's the time to act because she only opens enrollment a couple times a year so that it's it's like a it's like a class at school, right? You don't want a new student every day in your class. So everyone joins so that they can go through it together. But do you have and a little bit more time, Elizabeth, though, to talk a little I- bit more? Yeah, and I just wanted to add even to what you just said, um, it's worth mentioning that one of the coolest parts that we haven't even talked about and that I didn't even get to talk about that much in my blog post is the Facebook group that goes along with the club. And you get – you sign up for or you join a Facebook group based on the cohort that you're in. So, for example, I'm in the July 2017 secondary teacher cohort, um, which means that all of the comments and questions and all the people in that cohort are getting the same emails each week and the same materials. And that has been priceless because, you know, Angela can give me tons of information, but then there's 900 other teachers that also teach secondary you know, school that are getting that same material and they're trying it in their classrooms and we're asking each other questions and learning from each other. Um, So that has been a super cool thing that came with this that I really wasn't even expecting. Yes. And I'm in some of those cohorts, Facebook groups, and the conversation there is phenomenal. And just to be clear, there's a secondary one and an elementary one. So it helps you distinguish a little bit so that the conversation is more focused about, you know, either applying these principles on a lower level or on a secondary level. All right, so let's jump into a little bit about the actual material. So we're going to go all the way back to July and kind of share a little bit about what the, some of your key takeaways. We'll try to go through this kind of quickly here. So July was the self-running classroom and August sustainable system. So what did you take away from these? Yeah, um, I've always been pretty organized in my classroom in terms of like papers having a place and things like that. And so it was it was nice to just be reminded about that. And I did clean up a couple of procedures. But one of the things that I took the most from the very beginning was automating and delegating classroom tasks. 
I'll be honest, when she first started talking about that, and it was in July, I was thinking, well, this is really for elementary school classrooms, you know, um, right, teachers and helpers and yes, things like that. And I thought I can't do that. But what I realized was I am spending so much time, really way too much time, um, like cleaning up my classroom at the end of the day or stapling papers or hole punching or passing out papers or returning papers. And I just started realizing like I can ask my students to do this stuff. They do a great job and they really actually like it. So I have saved a ton of time um, just from delegating some of the just sort of basic tasks like can you hole punch these and then pass them out to everybody? Or I gave a little tip in my blog post that I've started putting grades on like the second page of papers to return instead of the first page, like right at the top of the page so that I can ask a student to return papers. And it's just so much faster. Um, or I, I have my kids wipe down the desks instead of me doing it. <laughs> um, so that is that seems kind of small and silly, but it actually has saved me a ton of time. Absolutely. Yes. And I, as you were saying that, I was thinking of all these ways I use students. Uh, we don't have time to get into all of them. But yeah, just ask yourself that right now. If you're listening to this, you know, what, what do I do that doesn't require my expertise as the teacher? <laughs> that isn't confidential, you know, that, that I could pass off to students, whether volunteers or just as part of our classroom routines. Love yep. that. Okay, September um, was about effective routines for learning. So we've talked about that a little bit. Um, but what's one of the tips that you wanted to share from there? Well, it's funny. I'm looking at my blueprint from September and I have like big stars on it. And I said, come back here, come back here. <laughs> this was all about a lot about working with small groups and collaboration and student directed learning, which um, I love and I try to do a lot of in my classroom. And so I do want to come back and spend more time on this even over winter break so that I can um, implement some things in the second semester. But one of the things that I took from this and I shared in my post was just coming up with new and different ways to group students. Um, Angela mentions clock buddies, and I've adapted it to sound a little bit more mature, and I have my students schedule appointments with each other. So I might do it for an entire nine weeks. You're going to have a 9 a.m. appointment, a 12 p.m., a 3 p.m. and a 6 p.m. Um, those are arbitrary numbers, but basically they go around the room and they write in on their little timer, or, you know, on their little sheets, different names for each of those time slots. And then later in class, if we're going to do a pair share or we're going to work on something that requires a partner, instead of saying, find a partner and every kid just gets with their same best friend, um, I'll say, please get with your 12 p.m. appointment. And it makes it really fast. So the transition from whole class to small group or partners is really quick and it helps break up kind of the monotony. And again, um, even though it seems silly, I've just been so surprised at how much my students respond to these little tweaks. They just think it's so fun to make appointments with each other. I love that tip. It's so fun. Yeah. Okay. And then October was about organizing and prioritizing tasks. So this is a lot about, uh, you know, we, this is where you go into that list making system in more detail. Share some of your key takeaways there. Yeah. Um, I loved October because it does just... I was already using the um, the list-making system, and this really helped me to even make it better. One of the biggest things here, week two, she talks about tracking how you use your time and energy. And so this is when I started realizing how much time I was wasting um, on things like 
cleaning up my classroom at the end of the day or alphabetizing papers or things like that. Um, so it was good to realize those things. And she actually talks about the importance of cutting out some things that really aren't that important. Um, and also just planning intentional downtime um, to realize that it's not going to be possible for me to go, 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 go all day, every day. So I've been trying to be more intentional, even about little things like actually taking a lunch break and, you know, maybe reading from a novel for 15 minutes while I eat a sandwich or talking with some colleagues or something like that. Um, and I can do that because I'm using my time you know, much more efficiently than I was when I was spending 30 minutes after the day, you know, putting chairs on top of the desks or something like that. I love that. I mean, some, some, I don't, sometimes when you see something in the club like this, you think, man, what am I going to do? Like, am I, is she going to teach me how to pack everything in faster? And it's like, no, it's about being more intentional, you know, choosing what you do. And really, you know, like you said, when you, take breaks intentionally that re-energizes you um, as opposed to though just like default taking these breaks that de-energize you because you feel bad and you know and and all that so it's it's a wonderful system I, I really love it yeah and I do want to just add to the last week of October she talks about overcoming procrastination which I didn't really realize I struggled with until recently but I definitely do and I mentioned before especially with things like grading and that comes back to again where I've really liked um, having the list already and having the most important things and holding myself to not putting more than three or four at most five like important tasks each day on there. Because, um, if I put 15 and there's no way I'm going to be able to do that, then I'm a lot more likely to just look at it and say, well, today's going to be a waste. I'm not going to get anything done. So just being careful about actually putting things on my list that are realistic and then being able to cross them off and feel good about that. And I totally second that. And Elizabeth shares in her post at teachfortheheart.com slash stop. She links to some awesome um, websites and an awesome TED Talk about procrastination. So if you want to check that out. TED Talk too. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, check that out at teachfortheheart.com slash stop. All right, so let's finish up here. The other two months that you've had are November lesson planning and December revamping homework. Have you got a chance to look at that at all yet? Yeah, well, I've loved November. Um, I told you earlier that I really like lesson planning, but that can be a problem too because since I like it, I tend to spend a lot of time on it. And so um, she gives some really great tips about just streamlining your planning process. And one of the things that I actually found super helpful was Angela provides this template that she uses for her lesson plans where she's already typed in a lot of things for each day, you know, things like daily grammar check or something um, where that's already in the lesson plan. She can do that way early. This comes back again to the batching. So instead of planning for one week at a time, maybe planning for an entire nine weeks or an entire unit or something like that. Um, and that's what I have found has worked super well for me is using a template that has a lot of things already written in for lesson plans. And then instead of because I like it and because I can kind of get in the rabbit hole and start planning and get really into it, trying to plan way more 
of a big unit at one time than just doing like one day at a time. Does that make sense kind of? Yeah. yeah. She recommends having an idea of what you want your whole unit to look like and thinking of it sort of as a big picture first and then working into the small details. Yes. And those write themselves when you have a big picture for it. Got it. Really well for me. That's awesome. Love that. Okay. And then um, one of the tips you mentioned was about making notes throughout the school year. Can you share that? Yeah, this has been really good too. Um, I can't remember. She has a cute name for it, but <laughs> basically, um, she Angela just recommends spending 30 to 60 seconds at the end of every day making a note for yourself about what worked and didn't work that day. Um, it's a good reflective practice. And again, I think something that's kind of cool about teaching is that we you know, a lot of us will teach the same thing again next year. And so rather than just becoming that teacher that, you know, just does the same thing every year, even if it doesn't work perfectly, I want to always be getting better. And so the act of taking some notes and making, um, just a memo for myself for next year, when it comes time to do that same unit, um, just makes me feel like, you know, even if everything didn't go perfectly, it was still a learning experience and, um, it wasn't wasted time for me. Absolutely. All right. And just wanted to share you guys what's coming up in the upcoming months that Elizabeth hasn't gotten to yet, but it's coming. January is all about grading and assessment. Oh, you know, I can't wait for that one. Yes. Strategies to save time and provide insight about student learning. That That's that's always a favorite. Uh, February is about parent communication, uh, mm -hmm. preventing problems, documenting efficiently relationships. Uh, March is about students, not scores. So moving beyond boring test prep to increase motivation. April focuses on work-life balance. So identifying priorities and bringing your life into alignment with them. It talks a lot about, you know, home versus school and putting that together. May is technology time savers. So discovering tools and tips to streamline teaching using technology. And June is a fun way to what fun month as well. It's about maximizing your summer. So ending the school year strong and being smart about resting and choosing intentionally what you do and don't want to do over the summer, which I love. Yeah. And I feel really strongly about that. You'll remember from my post back yeah. in June. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Whew, we've got, we've got a lot done and we did with, in the interest of not making this podcast over an hour long, uh, yes. we're going to wrap things up, but can you share just a little bit at the end, you know, what are your kind of final thoughts for someone like if they've gotten through this whole thing and they're thinking, okay, I, I like these tips, but I really do want some more help. And they're thinking about the 40 hour teacher work week club, you know, what are some thoughts that you have for them? Like how, how should they decide? What, what should they do? Um, I would say, I mean, go for it. I have really loved it, but go into it. Um, thinking of it as an investment in your future, in yourself, in your time, um, in your career and your passion for that career. As teachers, um, this takes a lot of us, a lot of our hearts and our minds and our time and energy, and it's easy to burn out. Um, and so I, I really do think that this is an investment in ourselves and our futures. Um, but I think it's important to go into it, like I mentioned before, realizing that you don't have to be perfect at it. You don't have to do every single thing, um, that this is not meant to be, I don't think a quick fix, nope. um, nope. but rather just, she gives us everything we could possibly need and we get to choose what we can use and what will help us right now. And then we can go back and look at it more or dig into it deeper later when we do have time. And just, you know, that, that it's a process 
that it's awesome how much she gives and that there's new materials coming out every single month. But I do think it's important to start the club. You know, I think what my biggest concern was before I signed up was that this was just going to be another thing on my to-do list that I don't get to. And I think Angela does a really good job, even in her weekly emails of encouraging us, like you're doing a good job. Just the fact that you care enough to be, you know, looking into anything is you are a good teacher and you're doing a good job. Um, and so we just do the best we can and then we let the other stuff go and we'll pick it up as we need it and when we can. I love that so much. It's so true. And, and you'll see that if you, if you join the program and you'll, you'll see that Angela's not, not trying to add anything to your list. Uh, she's trying to, you know, help you m- make it as easy as possible. Just pick out, pick out what will work for you and let the rest go and just, that, that concept that little investments add up. Like you said, you, you can't do everything. There is no quick fix for this, right? I mean, this is a big, a big struggle. So if you do, a, but if you're able to get some help and figure out, okay, what do I need to do today? What do I need to do this week? And just make those steps, you gradually, you know, to get to get to a point where um, you have more and more margin in your life, less and less of that stress, and things are more and more streamlined and efficient. And I think she just helps you learn about yourself. Like, where are you wasting time? Or why are you procrastinating on things? Or why is this overwhelm? Why are you getting in this position in the first place? And that is, you know, a, a tip or a trick can't fix that. But that's what really makes the big change, you know? Yes. I love that so much. All right. You guys can find out everything you need to know about the club at teachfortheheart.com slash 40 hour teacher. And as I said, if you are listening to this when this episode came out in late 2017, um, you know, early January, then head on over right away uh, to see uh, this enrollment period ends on January 9th. Um, but of course, if you're listening to this later, it opens up a few times a year. So you can head over there and find out more details. Thank you so much for reporting back, Elizabeth. It was so great to talk to you and just hear a little bit about your experience. And hopefully we can hear back again from you uh, again in a few months. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'll, I'll let you know how January goes with the tips on grading. <laughs> Absolutely. That's the English teacher's dream month there, right? <laughs> All right. Have a great day. Thanks. You too. I'm so glad Elizabeth was able to join us and I pray that that episode was helpful to you and all the tips and various ideas were something that gets you thinking and thinking about how can I make some changes that will help me find balance and stop that crazy out of control overwhelm. Before we go, I wanted to pray with you and then leave you with a closing thought. Lord, thank you so much for these teachers. I know so many of them have so much on their plate. It is so busy being a teacher and they have family and friends that they want to connect with as well. And I just pray that you will give them guidance, give them wisdom, give them clarity about what they do need to do, what they don't need to do, and just how to use their time efficiently and to um, be able to have time for the things that are most important for their life and be an incredible teacher as well. Please guide them and thank you so much for the opportunity to speak with them today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We'd love to see you inside the 40-Hour Teacher Workweek Club. As I said, you can get all the details at teachfortheheart.com slash 40hourteacher. And if you want to see any of the notes or just kind of hold on to this episode for reference, you can see everything that Elizabeth and I were talking about um, at teachfortheheart.com slash stop. That's the, um, that's the blog post that Elizabeth wrote with so many of the things that we talked about there in written format. 
It was so great to speak with you today. I look forward to coming back and speaking with you again soon. In the meantime, keep growing, keep striving. You really are making a difference.